0: It is day five of Dafchov Base. We are holding the Gemara on Dafchov base and with base about nine lines up in the narrow lines at the double dots. Having spent a long time talking about the first of the 10 or 11 stringencies in the Mishnah of Kodesh over Truma, that first case was Kli Boso Kli, immersing one utensil inside another utensil, which we said was valid for Truma but not valid for Kodesh, the Gemara now moves on to the second case, the second stringency in the Mishnah. The Mishnah said Achorayim the outside and the inside and the handle of a utensil are considered to be separate utensils with regards to Trummah, but not with regards to Kodesh. We mentioned when we learned the Mishnah that when dealing with Biblical tumah Biblical ritual impurity, there are no such thing as different parts of the utensil. Even if one part of the utensil becomes ritually impure, the entire utensil becomes ritually impure. But when it comes to Rabbinic tumah tumah on a Rabbinic level, we can split the utensil into different functional parts. And the Mishnah said when it comes to Truma, we say that only the part of the utensil that became ritually impure that was touched by the ritual impurity source becomes Tome, but not the rest of the utensil. But when it comes to Kodesh, we consider the utensil, all the different parts, to be really one thing. And even if only one part of the utensil becomes ritually impure, nonetheless, on a rabbinic level, even a rabbinic tumah renders the entire utensil ritually impure with respect to Kodesh. That's what we said when we learned the Mishnah. The Gemara says, What does the Mishnah mean when it says the outside and the inside? What does that mean? Kedisnal, as we learned in a Mishnah in Kalim, Kli, a utensil. Rashi says we're talking about a utensil made of wood or metal because those utensils made of wood or metal can contract tumah through contact with their outside. But other way utensils, they can't contract tumah from the outside. So this Mishnah is referring to Kalim utensils made of wood or metal, which could, normally speaking, contract tumah from the outside. So the Mishnah says, of a utensil which the outside of the utensil contracted tumah through coming in contact with liquids." Achor of its outside is tamei. But toho, ogno, osno, viyodo, toho, rin, the other functional parts of the utensil that are separate, the inside of the utensil, the rim of the utensil, the ear of the utensil, the handles of the utensil, they remain toho. Now remember, according to biblical law, utensils can contract tumma only from an ava tuma, a primary source of tumma. So generally speaking, most liquids that contracted tumma, and the liquid, therefore, is usually only a rishon because it came in contact with an avatuma, making the liquid a rishon. So normally, liquids can't contract, can't con- transmit tumma to a utensil on a biblical level, because utensils can only contract Tumah from an avatuma. And usually, liquids that are tamei are only a rishon tumma because they touched an avatuma and became a rishon. However, the rabbis decreed that all tamei liquids can transmit tumma to a utensil, on account of some liquids. For example the secretions of azov like the saliva of azov or the urine of azov, which are of azatumah and therefore do transmit tumah to vessels on a Biblical level. So the rabbi said you know what we are going to establish that a utensil can become richly impure from a rishon le liquid on a rabbinic level but we want people to understand that this is not exactly the same as a utensil contracting biblical tumma from a biblical avatumma liquid. So they made a small differentiation. They said, whereas a liquid that is biblically an avatumma and therefore biblically imparts ritual impurity to a utensil, that in that case it doesn't matter where the liquid touches the utensil, the entire utensil will become tame. That's not going to be the case where a rishon le liquid touches the utensil, where the ritual impurity is only imparted on a rabbinic level. Because where a ritual Le touches a utensil, a liquid rishon Le and it becomes Tumah on a rabbinic level, it's going to be the case that if the liquid touches the utensil on the outside, only the outside becomes Tumah and not the inside. And therefore people will be able to differentiate. They'll understand this is only rabbinic Tumah and not biblical Tumah. Because on a biblical level, even if the liquid touched on the outside, the inside would also become ritually impure. So the rabbi said, no, we're going to differentiate when it comes to rabbinically making the utensil tummy from a liquid that is a Rishon Latumah, which is only making it tummy on a rabbinic level, that if the liquid touches the outside of the utensil, only the outside will become tummy and not the inside. That's what the Mishnah says, Achorov tomein, where the liquid, the Rishon Latumah liquid, which is only making this utensil tummy on a rabbinic level, touches the outside of the utensil, only the outside becomes tummy, But the inside, the rim, the ear and the handles remain toho. However, Toho. If the inside contracted tumma from a Rishon la liquid and that it's only a rabbinic level of ritual impurity, Kulo Tumah, the entire utensil actually becomes Tumah. The rabbi is only differentiated in one case between a biblical avatumma liquid and a rabbinic Rishon Latumma liquid. It was only in the case where the liquid touches the outside of the utensil that they said that on a rabbinic level only the outside is Tumah but not the inside. But where the Rishan Latuma liquid touches the inside of the utensil, the law is the same as if it was a Biblical Avatuma liquid that touched the inside. And not just the inside of the utensil becomes Tome, but the entire utensil becomes Tome. Now, how does this relate back to what we've been learning? So we said in our Mishnah, that when it comes to Kodesh, we don't view the different parts of the utensil as separate. If any part of the utensil becomes Tomei, the whole thing becomes Tomei. Whereas when it comes to Truma, we view the different parts of the utensil as separate. This mission that we've just learnt is teaching us the law for Truma. That when it comes to Truma, we do differentiate. That sometimes only the outside of the utensil becomes Tomei, but not the inside. That's the law with respect to Truma. But when it comes to Kodesh, this would not be the case. When it comes to Kodesh, even if only the outside became ritually impure, even the inside would be ritually impure. The Gemara continues in the Mishnah. The Mishnah said, Ubeis HaTzvitah. Not just the different parts of the utensil, but also the Beisat And We said when we learnt the Mishnah, we would explain when we learnt the Gemara what the base is. So the Gemara says, My Beisat What is the base What part of the utensil is this? Amar ama says in the name of Shmul, Makem shetsovto. It's the place where you hand the utensil from one person to another. V'cheinu Omer, as the Pasuk says, in Megilat Rut, la l'akoli, and he handed her parched grain. This word Vayitzbat is from the word Beis svita. it's related. He handed her parched grain. That's the place where you hand the utensil from one person to another. A different definition the Gemara offers, Rabbi Asi, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Asi says in the makam of hadas Yochanan, it's the place where delicate people Dip their food. What does that mean? So, in some utensils, a separate cavity was made in the bottom of the utensil where they would put certain condiments like mustard or vinegar and they would dip the food into it. Now, some people who weren't particular would just put the condiments, the vinegar or mustard, into their drinking cups, they would dip their food into their cups, and when they were ready to drink, they would spill out the condiments, the mustard or the vinegar, they would fill their cup with their drink. But delicate people, Nakir Hadas, people who were concerned, they didn't want to do that. That wasn't that was disgusting to them. They would rather use this cavity in the bottom of the utensil to put the vinegar and the mustard, and they would use their cups only to drink. So the Gemara says this place in the utensil where these delicate individuals would make sure to put their condiments, their vinegar and their mustard, that is the place that the Mishnah is talking about when it talks about the Beis that is considered for Truma to be a separate part of the utensil but not always for Kodesh. The Gemara continues with a related brysa. Tani Rav Bibi Kamei Rav Nachman. Rav Bibi taught the following brysa in the presence of Rav Nachman. Kol all utensils have no distinction between the outside and the inside. When did we say that there's no distinction between the outside and the inside? That even if the outside becomes Tomei, so does the inside. That's with Kodesh. So that's what the Bryson says. Echad kod Migdosh, Whether with regards to holy things of the Temple. the Echot she'a gvul or with regards to the holy things of the borders. We don't know exactly what that means yet, but the price has told us what we would expect. That when it comes to Kodesh, there's no distinction between different parts of the utensil, even if one part becomes Tameh. So does the whole thing. That's what we said in our Mishnah. But now the Gemara says, wait a minute, what are these Kodesh Yagvul, holy things of the borders? What does the Mishnah mean that there's two types of Kodesh? Some Kodesh of the base Hamikdash and some Kodesh of the borders, which seems to imply the rest of Eretz Yisrael. Maybe that means truma. Does that mean truma that that, in, that there are some Kodesh which is only eaten in the temple, that's Kotchi Migdash, and some Kodesh which is eaten in the Gvul, in the rest of Eretz Yisrael, like trummer. Maybe that's what it means. But then that would imply that this Baisa is telling us that even trummer, even for Trumma, any part of the utensil is viewed as connected to the rest of the utensil and even if one part becomes Tommy, the rest of it becomes Tommy. But that's not what we learnt. We learnt that that's not true for Truma, it's only true for Kodesh. Vahatsnan. Haven't we learnt in our Mishnah beis atzvita truma? That the outside and the inside and the base atzvita are considered separate vessels with regards to Truma. So the Gemara says, if this briser is telling us that whether for Kodshayam Migdash, in other words, Kodesh, or whether for kodesh Gvul, which we've interpreted now to mean Truma, that for both of them, there's no such thing as different parts of the utensil, and whichever part of the utensil becomes tummy, the whole thing becomes tummy, that is not consistent with what we've learned previously, which is that it's only true for tru- for Kodesh, but not true for Truma. That when it comes to Truma, if one part becomes in impure the whole thing does not become impure so is that really what it means Kod is. That, does it mean truma or does it mean something else so the Gemara says Dilma no maybe it doesn't mean truma because as you've said it can't mean truma because for truma, it's not true that if one part of the utensil becomes tummy, the whole thing becomes tummy rather Dilma it's referring to something that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago now it's referring to Chulin, that means non-sacrificial, non-holy food, that was prepared according to the tahara standard of Kodesh. Chulin that was prepared according to the tahara standard of Kodesh. This is a category of Chulin that people who were very particular about, about Tummah and tara prepared their Chulin to very elevated standards. And what did we say previously? We actually said that according to some opinions, it actually has the status of Kodesh. Because someone treats it like that, because someone treats Chulin in that way, it is elevated to the standard of Kodesh. So maybe that's what this Brysett is telling us, that just like Kodesh, even if one part of the utensil becomes tamay, so does the rest of it. So too, that is the case not for Truma, but it, also, it is the case for Chulin that was prepared according to the Tara standards of Kodesh. So the Gemara says, amar baravua. You reminded me of the following statement the Rabba Baravua said. Remember, if you cast your minds back a couple of weeks, there are here in the Mishnah 11 heightened standards for Kodesh that are over and above Truma. Sheish Rishonos, the first six apply. The first six of them, of which we are discussing one now. The idea that if any part of the utensil becomes Tomei, so does the rest of it become Tomei all those first six apply both to Kodesh and to chulin that was prepared according to the tara standards of Kodesh. But the last six or the last five only apply to Kodesh but not to chulin that was prepared according to the Torah standards of Kodesh. So now the Gemara says this brysa is consistent with what we learnt. The brysa is telling us that there's no such thing as different parts of a utensil when it comes to Kodesh or when it comes to chulin that was prepared according to the tara standards of Kodesh. And that's what the brysa means when it says Kodshe Migdash and Kodshe HaGvul. It's talking about real Kodesh and chulin that was prepared according to the Torah standards of Kodesh, which in a sense is Kodshe HaGvul, Kodshim of the Borders, because it can be eaten anywhere in Eretz Israel, not just in the Beit HaMikdash. And as we said, that's consistent with what we said previously, that the first six stringencies of the Mishnah, which include this one, apply not just to Kodesh, but also to chulin that was prepared according to the Torah standards of Kodesh. We're going to hold it here for today and hold it here for the week. I wish you all a very good Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom to you all.